We'll turn please to the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 5. We'll try to read some verses here, and uh, probably be somewhat familiar scripture, and account here in the Word of God. Just want to try our best to be mindful of Him, do that that He'd be pleased with today. It's been one of those times that... Uh, it's a little bit difficult, uh, so to speak, about knowing what to do for the service this morning, and uh, tried to pray and uh, seek the will of the Lord, and just kept uh, this thought, and really just this scripture kept coming to my mind, and I don't know about really a thought, don't know that I have a thought, just have some thoughts from the scripture, and uh, some words just kept coming off the page, and Working in my heart, I want to try my best to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and give you what's on my heart. Don't know how long we'll be. Just want to be obedient and trust the Lord will help us together this morning. Luke chapter 5, when you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned with their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. So was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. When they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning for the reading of the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for the Scripture that you've directed our heart to. I thank you, Lord, for the thoughts that you've stirred within me out of the Scriptures. Lord, I ask now, God, for that help and touch. Lord, that power and unction that no man is able to preach without. Oh, Lord, we need you today and realize, Lord, that apart from you we can do nothing. Lord, we're dependent, wholly dependent upon you today. 
I pray, Lord, that you might empty me of myself. Lord, thoroughly purge me and cleanse me. Lord, may there be nothing I pray between me and thee today. Lord, that would hinder you from using me for your honor and glory. Ask, Lord, today that every hindrance, Lord, that may be in the building, Lord, every straight thought, but Lord, every idle thought, Lord, would be set aside and moved out of the way. Lord, that we had centered our attention upon thee, Lord, for just a few moments. Lord, that we might receive from heaven the help that we stand in need of today. That the Holy Ghost might have freedom and right away in every heart, in every life. Lord, that you might walk among us and speak unto us today from the word of God. Oh, Lord, that that we need to hear, that that our hearts need to receive. Lord, please don't leave us unchanged. Don't leave us of the way we come. But work in us, dear Lord, that great work that we're unable to do for ourselves. May we leave God this morning changed. May we leave better than we come because of that that you have been pleased to do in our midst. And God, I ask above everything, Lord, that you get honor and glory under your high and holy name. Help us, Lord, today, if nothing else, Lord, that we might leave this morning realizing and being reminded of our great need of you in this day. Help us, Lord, today. We ask, we beg, Lord, for you to be mindful of us that we might find mercy and grace in your side. Have your way now, Lord, we pray. We give ourselves to you. Take us and do with us what you'd see fit to do. And Lord, we'll give you glory for all you do among us. We'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. We read these verses here in Luke chapter 5, this record account in the Word of God about these disciples on the boat with the Lord. We read several instances of Him being on board with them. This will be one of the only times in the Scripture where they're fishing while He's on board. The Bible said here that He tells Simon Peter in verse number 4 to launch out into the deep and to let down His nets for a draw. Simon Peter looks at the Lord and he said, We have told all the night and have taken nothing. The Lord got to work it in my heart out of those words, his response to the Lord. He said, We have told all the night and have taken nothing. The word told here means to labor with wearisome effort, to exhaust with labor, to have frustrated labor, that is to have labor without any results. And so what Peter's saying is, Lord, we have worked, we have given out, we have toiled, we've labored all night long, and we've not got anything to show for our labor where we are. I don't understand why that you would want me to do what I've done all night, and it won't produce any results. But he said, nevertheless, At thy word, I'll let down the net. And the Bible said when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes so that the net broke. And they had to call their partners. They had to call the others that were in another ship to come and to help them. And when they got their fish in both boats, the Bible said they began to sink. There were so many that were in them and they were all astonished at what had happened. 
They had been working all night. They had told all night. They had fished, no doubt, in this same place all night and nothing had happened. And now all of a sudden, they've got so many fish that they can't even get them in the boat and it's going to be difficult to get the boat back to land because there are so many. You say, well, what was the difference? Well, the difference was they did it with the Lord. God got to working in my heart just very soberly this morning and last night. I come back from service and just got to praying, was praying on the way back from service and asking the Lord what he wanted for the service. And I just kept in my heart, the thought just kept coming to me about fishing with Jesus. And then the Lord got to working in this scripture and got to stirring even more about the fact that every effort that they had without him produced nothing, but every effort that they did with him produced results. And I thought about how much we need the Lord in these days. I think in this scripture we see a type and a picture sadly of the church in our day that many are trying to do everything they're doing without the Lord and it's not producing any results. For you and I within ourselves we can't make anything happen. Many people have tried. That's why there's so many self-help books. That's why there's so many games and gimmicks, that's why there's so many programs and agendas in the church today as many people have tried to find a way to produce results. But I'm going to tell you, without the Lord, there'll be no results that take place. Oh, there might be temporary results, there might be mental results, there might be physical results, but there'll be nothing done that will last without the help of the Lord. There won't be any spiritual results. There'll be nothing brought to pass without we do it with the Lord. I got to thinking the Lord just now won't be long this morning. I don't think at all. But I am going to try my best to obey God and give you what's on my heart. It doesn't matter how much effort we put into it. If we don't do it with the Lord, it won't produce any results. I mean, we find that out in the text. They had told all night. They had put all that these were not unskilled men. This wasn't the first time they had fished. They were fishermen by trade. And they had worked all night put all the effort that they knew to put into it went to all the spots where they had caught fish before used all of the right tactics but it did not produce any results without the Lord I'm going to tell you this morning we can work and fight and I can preach till I'm blue in the face but without the Lord it won't do anything we got a lot of people, and I don't know why exactly I'm preaching this this morning, but it's on my heart and been heavy on my heart. There are a lot of people that are trying to live their life without the Lord, and it won't work. There are a lot of good people. I want to say there are a lot of saved people that are trying to do what they're doing in their life without the blessing and the help of the Lord, and it will not work. There are a lot of churches trying to do all they're doing, putting all their effort into it, wearing their people out, having this and that, and they got a visitation on one night and Bible study on another night, and this on another night. There's nothing wrong with all that if the Lord's in it, but if the Lord ain't in it, it's just effort. It is frivolous effort. It is wearisome effort. It's just toiling in this life. Effort with no results. If we don't do what we do with the Lord, then all our effort is in 
It's all in vain. It some people say, well, I can't do much. Well, what you can do with the Lord will work out in great things. The writer wrote a song, Little as Much, when God's in it. And I don't know, and I, I knew what was on my heart. I knew what the Lord was dealing with me about, and you didn't this morning. And I don't know how many of you had stood out in Sunday school while Brother Tim was reading from Philippians chapter 4. But there were two verses in that chapter that the Apostle Paul was very specific to say through Christ. He said we can do all things through Christ which strengthened us. It's not without him that we can't do anything. Jesus told his disciples that. He said for without me ye can do nothing. It is an impossibility to have any results, any any benefit, any blessing, any effort that we put forth that is done without the Lord. He said we can do all things through Christ. Which strengtheneth us. He said, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so everything we have, everything we're able to do, it doesn't matter about your ability. I mean, if we really want to get down where the rubber meets the road, these men had fishing ability. It was their trade. They had the ability. They had the knowledge. They had the know-how. But they did not have the Lord. And it didn't work. And we're living in an age where churches have the knowledge. And uh, we got men in pulpits that have the ability. I mean that can put together, you know, an impressive outline and use great swearing words, but it won't accomplish anything without the Lord. Uh, matter of fact, I'd rather have some simple words with the Lord uh, that will accomplish some results and to have great swelling words uh, without the Lord. That's what Paul said. He said, my preaching was not with great swelling words of men's wisdom uh, or with enticement, but he said it was in the demonstration of the Spirit and in power. He said it's the Lord that does the work. It's not me and it's not you. They had a division in the church. One said I'm a Paul. Another said I'm of a Paul. Some said I'm of Cephas. Paul said who is Paul and who is a Paul? He said was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said no. We're just laborers. He said a Paul is planted and I've watered. But he said it's God that gave the increase. See, here we are this morning. And it's not about what I can do. And it's not about what you can do. And in reality, if we want to get down where the rubber meets the road, if you need to preach with ability, you'd have somebody besides me. I don't have great ability, but I do have a desire down in my heart that I try to do my best with the help of the Lord. And I knew without His help, I can't do anything. And whatever it is you do in the church, you say, I don't do anything except come and pray. Well, you do more than you think you do. It's not about big eyes that are used. It's not about title. It's not about position. It's not about authority. It's doing what we do with the blessing and the help of the Lord. And if we do that, it will produce results in this day. See, we got the world and they got this uh, spreadsheet about what results ought to be. And we're living in a day where the world's crept into the church way too much. And the world has told the church what results have to be. Uh, the world's told the church if you don't run a certain number, then it won't matter. It won't produce results. Uh, the world's told the church if you don't have so much money in the bank, uh, then you're not producing results. The world's told the church if you don't have this size of bill, if you don't have these functions, if you don't have these activities, you don't have 
mouth or you not once a month it won't produce results but I'm going to tell you what if God ain't in it it don't matter how many activities we have if God's not in it don't matter how many's in the building if God's not in it don't matter how big the building is or how much money's the bank we must have him and without him nothing will work nothing nothing will work they, I don't know. I thought about, you know, as fishermen, they probably, the Bible said there were more than one boat beside the lake that day. And I'm sure as fishermen by trade that they invested in their equipment. I mean, that's what they did for a living. And they probably had their boats very well taken care of. They were washing their nets is what the Bible said. They were taking care of what they had. Their facilities, if you will, look top notch. And I think they ought to. I think the house of God ought to be the best place anywhere. I believe the outside ought to look as good and better than any of our place. And the inside ought to be cleaner than any of our place. Because it's a reverential place. It's a holy place. But I'm going to tell you what, the building can be the best. But if no God's around, it won't do anything. Amen. I believe that's right. It doesn't matter about effort. And I thought about it, and I mentioned it just a minute ago. The world says numbers. Now I'm just preaching what's on my heart. I don't have nothing fancy this morning, but it's on my heart to say. And I'm going to try my best to say it by the help of the Lord. But we think about numbers. The world's convinced the church that it has to have a certain number. I read in John chapter 21 where Jesus has died. He's not yet appeared to everybody. And Peter said, I'm going back to fishing. And the Bible said there were others with him. It wasn't just him by himself, but some of these same and others. They said, we're going with you. So they had some numbers. But Jesus stood on the shore that night and he said, children, have you any meat? And they said, no. It didn't matter how many others went with them. It didn't matter if it was Peter alone, two or three, or 800. Without God, it wasn't doing them any good. And I'm going to tell you in this day, it don't matter. And I know sometimes, we just might as well be honest this morning, it's just, I'm preaching from my heart, the way my heart feels, and what God is speaking to me, what he has spoke to me, and I'm just bearing my heart to you today. God knows why this needs to be said, so I'm going to say it. Sometimes I know if you're as I am, and I'm not putting off on our church, thank God for our church, but sometimes, you know, that desire comes in, we'd like to see more come in, and then when they don't, sometimes we get discouraged. We all get discouraged from me up to the one sitting on the back pew. We all get discouraged. But I'm going to tell you what. I'd rather have what we had Wednesday night and what we've had the past few services and keep the crowd we have as to have the building packed out and not have the help of God because without Him, it don't matter how many's here, it won't work. That's right, brother. Numbers don't matter. We have been fooled by the world's, and I know, I understand, but we ought to want them to come. We ought to ask them to come. We ought to make it the way they can come. When people do come, we ought to make them feel welcome. Thank God for a church that does that. We don't have any trouble with that. Thank God for it. I've been in some places. I've been called to go preach some places, and it felt like they didn't want you to be there. And before long, you got to feel like you didn't want to be there. And that ought not to be the atmosphere in our place. And it's not, thank God. I'm glad sinners ought to feel welcome but they ought not to be comfortable in the church but we got to the place where we've made sinners comfortable in our days because we're doing all we do without God they ought to feel welcome there's a difference between feeling welcome and being comfortable they ought to feel loved 
I mean, the Lord loved us. If it wasn't for Him, we'd be in the same shape that they're in. We ought never look down on anybody if somebody comes to the door and they're not dressed exactly right, don't look exactly right, act like they don't know anything that's going on. You ought to go to them and tell them how glad you are to have them here and that we love them, we care about them, want them to come back. And because if it wasn't for the grace of God, you and I'd be in the same shape. We just kind of sometimes, we get our mind all focused. And I've been preaching here lately, I guess, and maybe I've been uh, confessing in my preaching, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, I got in a rut, and some of you would be, be, be honest would say you did the same. And sometimes my mind gets off focus, uh, and I forget just how much that we need the Lord, uh, that I can't do it and you can't do it. I'm not saying that I've been coming in to preach uh, thinking that I could do it. Uh, I've been asking Him to help me, uh, uh, but He made me realize last night, and again this morning, just how desperate I am to have his help. How miserable it is not to have his help. I've been in some services. I've stood and preached at times and not had any of the help of God. I'm embarrassed to say, but it's true in my early ministry. There were times I thought I had it. At times I thought I could do it. And he let me have it all by myself. And let me do it all by myself. I'm going to tell you, there ain't no more miserable place than to be trying to do what you've been called to do without the Lord that called you to do it. We need Him. No matter how much effort we put in, we ought to put forth some effort. Y'all be faithful under the house of God. There's more of the church than just coming once a week. There's more than just Sunday morning. And by the way, it's not just about coming here. We put a little too much emphasis on that. But thank God you ought to be faithful to the house of God. Sunday morning, Sunday night, if we have it, Wednesday night, if we have it, when we have special meeting, you ought to be faithful to the house of God. But if that's all you got, you're missing it anyway. You ought to be faithful to God out there in the world when you go home. Monday, you ought to be faithful to God. On Tuesday, you ought to be faithful to God. And if you're faithful to God through the week, you won't have any trouble of being faithful to the house of God when it comes church time. Amen. We're doing what we're doing in this day. I'm talking about the church as a whole. There's too many of us trying to do what we do without the Lord. Trying to do what we do without His help. And, we're, and, and I'm not faulting anybody. I'm not saying that these meetings are, are wrong. And, but there's more church going on in this day than there ever has been. Uh, there's more meetings and more revivals and more special meetings than there's ever been. And there's more churches than there's ever been. And yet there's less of God than there's ever been. Many are trying to do what they do without the Lord. It don't matter about numbers. It don't matter if the building's packed out. If we don't have the Lord, He's the one. I understand. And I'm as guilty as the next person. We ought to invite people to come. And I try to, and I hope you do, and I believe you do. But I wonder when the last time, before we invited anybody else, that we went to where we prayed and got down on our knees and said, Lord, we're going to go to church in the morning, and we'd like for you to come. We'd like to extend an invitation to you to come. I mean, there's conviction in my heart about that. It's been a while since I've just got down and said, Lord, we'd like for you to be our honored guest in the house of God. You say, it's foolish. No, it ain't. Try it sometimes. See how it works. He wants to go where he's wanted. I'm not saying necessarily that we don't want him. And he knows before we ask, he knows without us asking, but every now and again, I mean, he likes to feel like he's wanted. And I believe just personally in my own opinion, every now and again, he'd like for us to invite him to come to his house. That's where he is when we read about the Laodicean age. He's outside the house knocking, wanting to come in. 
verse is not written to sinners, it's written to the church. He said, I'm standing at your door, at the church door, and I'm knocking. And if anybody will hear my voice and open the door, he'll invite me in, I'll come. You don't have to twist the Lord's arm. You don't have to beg and plead. I'm just showing you want him, showing you need him, and he'll come in. We're doing what we're doing too much without the Lord. It don't matter how good our intentions are. I'm just giving you what the Lord put on my heart this morning. It don't matter how good our intentions are. You can do the right thing in a wrong way. You can have all the best intentions, but if you don't do it the way the Lord says, if you don't do it the way His Word says, if you don't do it without, if you do it without His help, without His blessing, it don't matter how good your intentions are. The first thing that came to my mind, the Lord brought it to my mind about David when he went after the ark. He didn't bother to see what the Lord said. He didn't ask the Lord how to do it. He had good intentions. He wanted the ark back, which was a symbol and representation of the presence of God. But he did it his way. He did it a new way, and it didn't work. Not only did it not work, but it cost a man his life. And David was afraid. He was displeased. He said the Lord's brought a breach upon us. He's done things he ought not to do. But when David got to study it, he said it's not God's fault, it's my fault. And I'll be honest with you and you be honest in your own spirit. How many times have we come to the house of God and things ain't been exactly like we thought they would be? We prayed and asked people to come and maybe they didn't come or maybe they did come and it seemed like the Lord didn't take notice of them or He didn't work in them or He didn't deal with them and we kind of got home with that, went home with our feelings hurt and thought, Lord, You didn't do what You ought to do. You didn't do what You should do. But I'm going to tell you what, if we'd be honest and myself first of all, many times it's never His fault. A lot of times it's my fault that He didn't do what he needed to do. I stood in the way. I tried to do it in my own self, in my own effort, in my own power, and it never does work without the Lord. We gotta have him. It's not just that we want him. Not really even as much that we need him. We do need him, but we got to have him. There's a difference between just needing something and got to having it. And we've got to have Him. There's nothing we can do apart from Him. All our effort is in vain. The writer said, all's vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And that's exactly right. Everything we do is in vain unless we do it with the Lord. We've got to have His help. We need Him this morning. I've looked back over my days, looked back over the last little bit of my life, Thank God for what He's been doing in the church. Thank God for what He's been doing around here, but it's all Him. It's not me. It's not you. It's not that we've lived a little closer and I'm not knocking. You ought to live closer. And I believe He honors living closer. But you and I can't do anything to make Him move. But it is all about Him. If He don't move, we're in a mess. If He don't meet with us, we've wasted our time meeting. I mean, we'd be better off being somewhere else. You say that's harsh. It's reality. If God does not meet with us, it's all in vain. It's just mechanisms. It's just going through the motions. It's no different than any other tradition we have in this life. If we just come to church to be coming and we just sing to be singing and preach to be preaching, we're in a rut, we're in a mess. We need God. And we need His help. And it don't matter what other people think. Boy, the Lord really put that in my heart this morning. I thought I was kind of done, you know. Sometimes, I don't know how you are, sometimes I cut God off. And He's working in my heart about numbers and about effort and about uh, 
<coughs> about numbers and effort, and then, you know, about other things, about our intentions. And I thought, Lord, that's pretty good. I'll preach that. He said, hang on just a minute. It don't matter about your opinion either. I thought, oh, Lord. And you know what he brought to my heart? And what he brought to my mind was old Naaman when he was a leper and went down to Elisha wanting to be made clean. And Elisha said, go tell him to go down there to Jordan and dip seven times and he'll be clean. Naaman had his own opinion. He said, are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus far better than all the rivers of Israel? It didn't matter about his opinion. He said, can't I go wash in them and be made clean? Well, the answer is no. It wasn't in the water. It was in doing it the way God said. Now I'm going to tell you this morning, it's not, in a, it's not in the assembly. It's not in just coming to church. It's not in just carrying your Bible. It's not in just amen in the preacher. It's not in going through the motions. But it's in doing what God said to do with the help of God. It don't matter about our opinion. There are times, I'll be 100% honest with you, there are times I have opinions when it comes to spiritual things. There are times when the Lord deals with me about preaching something and I have an opinion. And I think, Lord, maybe that's not right for this service, but it's not for me to know. And even if I did know, I don't know anybody's heart, but God does. I don't know who's going to be there. I know who I think's going to be there. But God knows what He's doing. I remember not long ago, and I think I'm about done this morning. I remember not long ago, I was studying and praying. We've been having some good services at the church. The Lord got to deal with my heart to preach to sinners. And in my mind, you know, I had my opinion that day. I said, Lord, everybody's going to be there as far as I know. They're saved. I don't need to preach to sinners. Now, I mean, I haven't preached to sinners, and I don't preach to sinners often. Not as often as I'd like to. I try to preach to them if God tells me to, and I don't know anything else to do but preach what He tells me when He tells me. And sometimes I miss it. I'm human just like everybody else, and I miss it. But I thought, Lord, I've not preached to sinners in a long time. We've been preaching the church and, and the people of God want them to move up. I said, why do I need to preach to sinners on a Sunday morning? We come to church that morning, still on my heart to preach to sinners, and in my mind, I've still got my opinion, you know. I don't know if anybody else is that way. Maybe y'all are more spiritual than I am. I, sometimes I just have my opinion. And I was sitting up here, maybe Brother Tim was sitting up here getting ready for service to start, and some visitors walked in. And some people come in that I knew some people have been praying for about their soul. And they didn't get saved that morning, but I preached to sinners. You say, what happened? The Lord knew what He was doing. And the Lord was in it. See, I, don't, I hope you know better than to know that I don't just come in and flop the Bible open and just take a text and run with it. That's not the way it works. A lot of people think that's the way preaching works, but that's not the way it works. It's not the way real preaching works. But it's time spent with God. And there are some days that I read and study and pray and to the best of my ability. Uh, Brother Tim was talking about his uh, feelings about Sunday school and this is the way it's been for me the last few Sundays. And it's, I don't know what God's doing, but I know He's doing something. It's no coincidence uh, that the way God's working, the way God's moving, it wasn't until last night, really. It wasn't until this morning that the Lord worked all this together in my heart. And uh, I, I, sometimes there's a time way back at this that I get real nervous about that. And I was a little bit nervous this morning. I was nervous coming in the building about preaching because I didn't feel like my thoughts were all together. But I knew what God had worked in my heart. He knows better than I do and better than you do, better than any of us do. But we just need to do what He's put on our heart to do and ask Him to help us with it. Amen. 
And if He'll help us, I'm going to say this morning, I'd rather say five words with the touch of God than to preach for 50 minutes in myself. God can do more in five words than any man could do in five days. God's able. And we must have His help. Here in the Scripture, they said we've told all night and we've taken nothing. Jesus said, just let your net down on the right side. Peter said, nevertheless. He said, I don't understand it. See, that's my trouble a lot of times. I don't know what your faults are. I know the Bible said we're to confess our faults. He didn't say confess your sins one to another. He said confess your faults of the things you struggle with, the things you have a hard time with, of the things that trip you up. And one of my faults is that I overthink things a lot of times. And Peter said, I don't understand it, Lord. I've tried to reason it out, but he said, nevertheless, he said, whether I understand it or not, because you said so, I'm going to do it. I think the church world would be in much better shape if we come in the house of God, all of us, not just the preacher, all of us. And whatever the Lord says, say, Lord, whether I understand it or not, I'm not going to sit around and reason it. I'm not going to sit around and question why you've asked me to do this. Whatever you say, at thy word, I'll do what you say. That day at the marriage of Cana, when Jesus stepped in, his mother said, he'll help you whatever he says, do it. I'm going to tell you, we'd be in much better shape. I'd be in much better shape today in the church world if we just do whatever he says. Whatever He says. I mean, I've heard people say that the Lord asked them to do things that it didn't make any sense to them, but the Lord was in it. I mean, I've seen people stand and do things that you and I thought would be foolish, but the Lord was in it. God knows what He's doing. We must follow Him. We must have Him. I know it's been different this morning. I know it has. It's been heavy on my heart how much we need Him, how much I need Him. I just preach about myself and to myself this morning. I need Him. I need His help. I can't preach without Him. I can't do it. I can't pastor without Him. I don't know what road to go. I don't know where to lead you. I mean, when I get to thinking, and if we would really ponder and think, somebody sent me a text this morning about the the great responsibility that we have to carry the gospel. And the Lord worked in that. He was already working in me. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to lead you. I don't know what you're going through. But I know my God does. And that's why I need Him. I can't pastor you without Him. I can't preach without Him. I can't live without Him. I can't be the husband I need to be without Him. I can't be the father I need to be without Him. I can't be the Christian I need to be without Him and neither can you. We need the Lord. I can't be the church member I need to be without Him and neither can you. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. All our efforts will be in vain without Him. All the numbers will be in vain. All the intentions will be in vain. Everything's in vain without Him. We need the Lord. It's in that old red back book. It's not sung very much anymore in this day. I don't know when it was written. I want to think a long time ago. But the writer wrote, I need thee every hour. Every hour I need thee. And I'm going to tell you, that's right. We need Him every hour. And not every hour. We need Him every minute and every second. We've got to have the Lord. We can't do anything without Him. We need Him. We need Him. Father, I thank You, Lord, this morning for 
the privilege, Lord, to be in your house. 